Welcome everybody. Um, it's very nice to see you all here. Um, my name is Louise Greenwood and I'm Director of Education Training at Wessex LMCs and we've got our quality team with you today. Um, a classic team of um, Lisa Harding and Michelle Lombardi who are Directors of Primary Care and Dawn Childcraft who's the Deputy Director of Primary Care. Will Howard, I'm our newest Medical Director and um, Helene Irvin, our Practice Nurse Advisor. So we've got Lucy Hadley coming at half past one just to share some training um, that we've been working on with um, four team leaders and frontline staff, which we hope will be useful for you. And we've managed to get um, funding from all the training hubs um, to fund this for your staff. So hopefully that'll be a good news story. So Lucy will come on at 1.30. But first of all, um, in this busy week that it has been, I'm going to pass over to Michelle, who's going to um, share the most recent, um, most recent news with us. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks, Louise. So I'm going to talk a bit about the two letters that have been released. So there was one on fr last Friday and there was one yesterday uh, that has given the technical detail around the temporary GP contract changes. So I'm just going to uh, talk us through the information that came out hot off the press yesterday. I think it was released about five o'clock. So we're still working through the detail on this. But what we thought would be really useful is just to go through the information that's within the letter and we will provide more detail once it becomes apparent. So these are the two documents that I'm referring to. This uh, presentation and these slides will be available with the podcast. And what I've done is it, if you click on the documents, they will take you direct to the um, linked to the website so you can get those direct from there. So I'm um, going through the details. So Quaff, so let's, uh, let's take Quaff first. So the first part of this, um, as you can see that Quaff any, all the changes that we're applying with COF applies to all practices. And the first um, four bullet points there identify the indicators that practices will still need to continue to undertake and will be based on the performance and achievement within the practice. So there are 246 points that you will still be measured on your performance. And within those above, you can see that there are the eight prescribing indicators have now got 90 points attached to them. Previously, they were for 44 points. Um, but what they have done is for the cancer, the mental health and the non-diabetic hyperglycemia indicators, they've recycled and repurposed those 46 points and added them into the eight prescribing indicators. So there is potentially a significant amount of points and money attached to the prescribing indicators now. What we thought would be useful is to highlight the indicators that apply to the prescribing. And we've included the COF information there so you can see what you need to do in relation to those. So the remaining indicators, um, these will be income protected. Most will be paid based on the 1819 achievement. However, for diabetes and hypertension, because these indicators were only introduced in 1920, they will be based on the 1920 achievement. Points will be subject to list size and prevalence uh, with the adjustment calculated in the usual way. We were aware last year that when this was applied, that there were a number of practices who achieved more points than they had in previous years. However, the funding that, so, uh, that came with that was actually less. And we need to understand what the implications are for this year, as we believe that that could be a possibility again for this year. It does ask that clinical judgment is applied and that um, to deliver as much patient care in these areas with a focus on the high-risk patients. Um, however, income will not be dependent on the recorded COF achievements uh, for this year for the income-protected indicators. And just to highlight that the QI indicators will be paid in full. So in relation to COF, um, their practices are required to uh, produce a plan to identify how um, COF care will be delivered wherever possible. 
and that the NHS England and RCGP and BMA are working with, are working together to provide some guidance in relation to this. However, we are aware of a CCG who are looking to produce a set of statements as opposed to practices, all practices having to produce a plan, which we think is a really pragmatic approach and we're going to be encouraging our other CCGs to do something similar. Recording of information. So the activity continues to need to be coded. CQS will continue to operate and there will be achievement data will be collected and reported through indicators. The asp your aspiration payments will continue as they have been. And they have highlighted that the balancing payment for COF may be later this year because of the changes that have been made towards the end of the COF year and that it's highlighted that COF will recommence in April 2022. So that was COF. Um, moving on to the IIF. So it does state that there will be a variation to the network contract des DES will be issued and that there are two areas where you, the PCN needs to continue to uh, undertake the work, which is the three flu indicators, which has a total of 142 points and the appointment categorization, which um, most practices and PCNs will have already done. So there are 27 points associated with that. So those are the two areas where PCNs need to continue to operate on performance. And that gives a total of 169 points. So the, remain the remaining indicators have all been suspended. And this equates to 112.1 million to be repurposed. So 62.4 million um, is allocated to PCNs via PCN support payment paid on a weighted basis and that they're asking for PCNs uh, to have a simple confirmation of what the money has been reinvested into. There is also the 49.7 million being invested into a new binary IIIF indicator. And this will be paid on the basis that all practices within a PCN must be signed up to phase three of the CVP programme as at the end of December, and that they must remain un undertaking that until the end of March. For those practices who haven't signed up to phase three, to opt in, there is an opt-in deadline of the 10th of December with assurance to go live early in January, but that you must continue to deliver that until the end of March. These will be paid on the registered list size um, after end of financial year. However, there are exceptional circumstances that the commissioner can agree if there are one or more practices that are having issues with patient safety or wider performance issues that they may not be able to participate in the CVP and they can um, identify an exceptional circumstance with the, therefore the PCN still receiving payment excluding those practices. For the practices who decline, payment will not apply. And the same principles for in recording for the IIIF um, in that activity will continue, CQS will operate, achievement data will be collect collected and the payment for the IIIF may be later due to the changes being made quite late on in the year. So that's COF and IIIF. There are some other cha wider changes that the letter um, highlights. And for these that we're just about to go through, for the, these um, only apply to practices who are participating in the COVID vaccination programme. So minor surgery has been income protected from the beginning of December to the end of March. And the monthly payments will be corresponding, will be made on corresponding period of the 1st of December 2018 to the 31st of March 2019. There will be no contract enforcement um, that can be undertaken for, for no activity for the minor surgery additional service. And it also states that capacity must be redeployed to the vaccination programme. Health checks where clinically appropriate routine health checks for our, for the over 75s and new patients can be deferred. 
And then finally, there's information around DSQS that reduces the requirement for medication reviews from 10% of dispensing patients to a minimum of 7.5%, with the ask to prioritise patients in the higher risk or patients that would benefit from review. And then finally, there's some telephone support that's been offered through Microsoft um, packages and the technology that um, comes with that. It will enable staff to do outbound calls independently of existing telephone solutions to free up existing phone lines. And practices will obviously need to keep their current telephone systems and numbers. There's no additional cost to practices and the outbound only call function will be available until April 2023. So that is really a whistle-stop tour of that letter. It really is just the facts of what's in there. We're currently working through the the detail around that, and I'm sure further information we will be sharing um, shortly. Thank you, Michelle. There are a couple of questions, um, if you're happy to take those. And obviously, this is all new to all of us, so we'll do our best. Um, So Debbie asks, when it states that the money will be given to the PCN to help with workforce, etc., Will we be able to use any of this income to give decent pay rises to staff to keep them? They could earn more working in a supermarket, but have such a stressful role. Good question. Mm-hmm. I think the, inf- the PCN support money will be going to the PCN and not individual practices, uh, would be my feeling. Um, we can take that away and we can ask the question. I-, I don't know the answer to that, but my feeling is it should be, it sounds like it's going to the PCN. I don't know if Debbie's... Um, uh, suggesting this could be practice staff too. We will certainly we'll certainly clarify that. Um, I think that'd be useful. Um, yes, Karen, just as something's coming in the chat, yes, we will certainly share these slides which have already been recognised. Michelle is really useful. Um, Debbie says, yes, it is practice staff. Okay, I think we need to ask that question. I think that's a very good question. Okay, thank you. Um, Julian said, how were the letters circulated? I haven't received anything directly and found the first letter on the BBC website. I haven't seen the second letter. So I don't know whether we know as a team how the letter came out. Yeah, I think we received it via the CCG. Obviously, I received it from lots of different angles, but mainly through our CCG, I think they were meant to send it out to practices. I think the difficulty is the number of emails coming through is just thick and fast and trying to spot the ones that are really urgent is just, I, I just don't know how anybody does it really. It's a, it's a living nightmare, isn't it? Um, okay. Um, so Karina says we got it through the CCG. So Gillian, maybe it has come through your CCG. Um, sorry, we can't really help you any further on that. They are available on NHS England as well, Louise, if, if okay. Gillian Thanks, would like to have a look there. Lovely. So Karen said the last letter we had was dated the 3rd of December. So that, yes, that was the last letter. That was the old letter. Um, There is a new one that we saw last night, I think, didn't we, for the first time? I think it came through about five o'clock last night. So you're right. The 3rd of December came out, but we're waiting for the technical guidance that sat behind it. And that and the letter that came out yesterday is that guidance. So, okay. Jenny um, Whittle has said she received it from Arden. Smack Perkins says the letter only went to PCN Leeds. So I think it has been difficult to get out the, the letter in as sort of way that everybody will receive it at the same time but there's feels like there are different ways to access it now um, that should be helpful for you thank you everybody thank you michelle that was very useful i think lisa you want to talk a little bit about cqc now yes thanks louise um i really i think most practices probably will be aware already but it was just to give everybody the heads up around um the unannounced 
or short notice CQC visits that are being scheduled between uh, beginning of this week, 6th of December through to the end of January with some practices around access. So um, what we know at the moment is that those those visits are likely to take between one and two hours, um, are likely to include the practice managers, members of the admin team, and they will be focusing on access. We think that they will be looking at the, the GPAD data, um, perhaps pulling it from other sources such as patient survey, potentially even complaints. Um, it links to paragraph 44 of the Winter Access Fund document around access to services. So we know that's been high on the government's um, target list. So it's really just to give people a heads up. Um, we are looking to try and pull together some sort of bullet points, perhaps templates, so that practices can be prepared if they are notified of a visit, so that they can provide proactively CQC with some information to, to correct, because we know some of the national data is not highly accurate um, and it doesn't re reflect everything. So we're looking to try and pull together a template that practices can use if they are approached by CQC um, to give the the real picture of how it is in the general practice and try and make that as constructive as they possibly can. Um, it will not change practices rating. However, what we don't know is potentially if CQC identified concerns at that visit, whether they would come back to do a more detailed inspection. Um, we are trying to schedule some talks with our the local CQC inspectors to get a little bit more information together for you. But we're also talking to the CCGs, who I think are largely going to be very supportive of practices and are willing to support them if they possibly can by their quality teams as well. Um, so I know it's hugely frustrating, um, but I think if we can make this as positive as possible, we will support you to do whatever we can. Lovely. Thank you, Lisa. Um, yeah, ongoing difficulty, isn't it, with um, the, the, the sort of the heart sink moment of when CQC rings. So whatever we can do, we will do that. Um, just a comment, I thought I wrote in the 3rd of December letter that CQC visits would be paused. So Lisa, do, would you did. like to just clarify that? It absolutely did indeed, Jenny. Yes, that's correct. It did. However, with the exception of these visits. Yeah, sorry, Jenny. We, we, we all said exactly the same as you. Um, I think now we're going to go on to Will. You're going to talk about the, um, the new review that's, um, that's ongoing at the moment. Thanks, Louise. And you were going to share your screen with my slide deck, if that's OK. So I'll just wait for you to put that up. Thank you very much. So I'll keep this as brief as possible because um, I think we've shared it in our newsletter and um, uh, hopefully you've all had sight of this before. But it was a, a reminder, really. This is regarding the uh, a new Health Select Committee um, and the inquiry into general practice. Um, and you may all remember Jeremy Hunt being a previous health secretary. He's been appointed as the chairman of this inquiry into general practice Health Select Committee. Um, he has acknowledged publicly that the workforce is in crisis, is utterly exhausted and demoralised, and impatients are increasingly uncertain of what they can expect. Um, but he acknowledges that general practice is key for the long-term uh, success of the NHS as a whole. Um, and so this uh, select committee is designed to seek evidence from key stakeholders around the NHS and the general public, and is seeking submissions and we would urge every one of you to submit evidence uh, to this select committee and we'll show you how in just a moment. Next slide, please. Very importantly, there is a deadline for this, though. It's the 14th of December, so you can tell time is short, hence why we're trying to raise the profile of this so it doesn't just pass us by while there's so much else going on. Um, what can you do? Um, 
we are trying to encourage as many people as possible to write their own submission from individual GPs, nurses, practice managers, administrative staff, um, and making sure that even perhaps PPGs, if you know they are, are going to be an effective voice of your practice um, to write their own individual feedback. Equally, considering asking partners to write and, and other doctors to write on behalf of the practice. How could the practice have a, a separate voice and, and what's best for the practice as a whole? Um, later on, you'll see, and, and this slide deck is available on the LMC website as well, um, there are areas and constructive answers for us to, uh, questions for us to answer. And so we want to try and make it as constructive as possible, as simple as possible, but um, offering solutions potentially because there's an awful lot that's not right in the NHS. And if it's uh, overwhelmed with negativity, then there is a risk that, um, that the evidence might be overlooked. Um, as I say, the slide deck's available on the website. And if you go to the website, you'll be able to click on the link that goes directly to the select committee or Google is your friend here equally. It comes up straight away as the first thing if you, if you put the health select committee, Jeremy Hunt review into general practice. So um, there's lots of questions they're asking. As I say, it can feel a bit overwhelming, but make it very, very simple. And some of the areas we would like you to consider just to keep some headings simple are what is the perception of general practice? I think we all know that there's a, a change in perception of general practice from being one of the most trusted um, areas uh, in professional groups to actually being feeling, feeling slightly downtrodden. Um, there is a, the demands that we need everybody to consider we need to look at how we can manage demand and expectation of our workforce. I mentioned media. Actually, that is an area we could focus on to um, try and persuade our government to work with us in improving the view of general practice and the media message that goes out to patients. And then the real chestnut here, workforce and workload. How would you see workforce management moving forwards and how would you see management of workload in the future? Um, so those are perhaps some key areas to look at to, to try and frame your response. Um, and on the next slide, there's some simple steps, which, as I say, you can, you can follow. Um, don't write more than 3,000 words. Don't send material that's already been published. So don't cut and paste stuff. They'll ignore it. And do not include any logos in your submission. Um, apparently, it means it won't get past the firewall as it goes through the portal. So um, they've made it very, very important that you keep it as a simple thing. Equally, we used to do lots of questionnaires. You go to a portal and you just answer questions into boxes. Actually, this is unusual. They've asked us to submit a simple Word document. So you can type your Word document and you can just submit it directly as a link into the website itself. So it is quite simple. Um, and that's it. A very simple one. Next slide, please, Louise. Um, and what are we doing? Well, we've sought views from all of our committee members who represent uh, you and your GPs. And so we're finding information out from them about what um, you would like us to say. We're then going to write a submission on behalf of each of our committees. Um, taking into account everybody's responses, as well as, as today is, is a highlight of encouraging all GPs and practices to give their own feedback in addition to our own response. So this is the busy slide, which has a huge amount of detail. This is what I'd like you to look at if you go to the website. But I think a uh, key to this is actually making a simple uh, a deposition to the select committee. And um, I'll finish there. The next slide is just some simple bits, but I would... Just in conclusion, suggest this is our call to arms. This is our ability to have an impact on the future of our NHS, on the future of general practice. And if we don't do say anything, 
then it's very difficult to complain in the future. The more evidence that we provide and the more evidence that is similar in it saying the same thing about workforce, about demand capacity issues uh, and about media, then uh, the stronger the voice we will have and the better we, I hope, we will be heard. Thank you very much, Louise. Thanks, Phil. It's difficult, isn't it? Because it's so manic and so busy and there's so much to do that's urgent and now to think of having the headspace to do this is really difficult but on the other hand if we don't do it they'll say well you know you didn't even bother to engage so it's just i don't know between the rock and a hard place isn't it thank it you is will that. that was yeah that, that was really helpful very useful and hopefully that'll be something that you can share with your um practice um to stimulate a little bit of discussion even if you just manage to do a little bit surely that's going to be better than nothing isn't it okay Lovely. Thank you very much, Will. That's great. I think we're going to move on now. Lisa, we're going to talk a little bit about firearms. We've had a number of questions come in about this at the moment, haven't we? We have. Thanks, Louise. So just a quick one for me. It was just to let people know um, that the new the Home Office published uh, their statutory guidance for Chief Officers of Police on the 1st of November. And while that doesn't change any of the guidance around um, uh, general practices providing information in response to requests for firearms. There are a couple of things that I think pra um, practices just need to be aware of and which are probably generating the queries that we've seen coming into the office. Um, so it addresses the concerns that we've actually been raising for some time. Um, and then now that the police cannot issue firearm certificates without a completed medical form, um, which is really good news. Uh, one of our medical directors is linking with each of the constabulary firearms teams to make sure at a local level um, that is being implemented. Um, they, there is still the case that some forms, some forces still assume that if they haven't had a form returned from their practice or the GP, there is no medical reason not to issue. However, the guidance clarifies that is no longer acceptable. Um, what the guidance also states is that a private clinician can also complete the patient the, the patient's form now. Um, they will need to request a copy of the GP's record on behalf of the patient. It should not go to the patient direct. It should go to the private practitioner. Um, so there is room for those who are conscientious objectors, etc., who do not wish or feel able to complete the form um, so that you can signpost to a private GP provider. Um, it also reaffirms that you can charge to prior to completing the report if you're prepared to do that in-house. Um, and it's up to the practice, the individual practice, to decide what a reasonable fee is. Um, it's also clear that the GP is not giving an opinion um, as to whether the license should be issued. They're simply providing facts. Um, so it's just a, just a clarification, really. Um, and we'll just update our website to make sure it's got the new information on there. Lovely. Thank you, Lisa. That's really helpful. Um, Dawn, I think we're going to move on to travel vaccines and what you do have to do and what is flexible. Yes, thanks, Louise. Um, we've had a few queries recently from practices um, about travel vaccinations, um, basically asking, can they opt out, please? Because I'm sure you all know travel vaccinations used to sit within an additional service part of the regulation unfortunately the answer is now no um, I'm sure you do know but just to remind you all travel vaccinations are now an essential service within the contract which unfortunately means there's no option to opt out and they are part and parcel of what we have to deliver um, if you'd like to have a look at any um, any of the regulation or the details around the vaccines if you go to our website and in the search box 
just type travel um, and it'll come straight to the top for you. Um, I'm sorry that's not really any good news for today. At least it's clarity. And sometimes we can't provide good news, but we can find provide clarity. And that's I think that's at least that's a little that's a little bit reassuring. Um, Dawn, did you want to go on about um, capitation statements? Yes, lovely. Thanks, Louise. This is a slightly um, strange one, actually. Um, OK, so we were contacted by a practice, a PMS uh, contract holding practice. Um, and they've been unable to um, view their capitation statements on the new PCSE online system. Um, and they've been told that actually only GMS statements are visible. They're the only ones that PCSE apparently were contracted to um, supply as part of their their deal, as it were, with NHS England. Um, we've been in touch with the GPC about this Um they're very concerned um, and they are looking into it. We are just checking that it is not um, perhaps misinformation from PCSE. But if it is correct, uh, the GPC are going to take this forward because obviously that's really extremely unhelpful. Um, PMS practices will need to see their capitation statements. What I would like to ask is if there are any PMS practices out there and you are able to view your statements, your capitation statements, please would you get in touch? Um, equally, if you have a look and think crumbs, no, I can't see mine either. Um, please be aware um, why that is. There is an opportunity to go and ask your CCG. Um, apparently, CCG should be able to see the information and provide it to you. Um, however, I, I guess that's just an extra layer of work to, to undertake. Um, However, that's not really either any more good news, is it, Louise? I'm sorry. <laughs> that's a bear of bad news, Dawn. I am. Um, so just a comment in the chat box has been from Debbie. She just said she can't view view ours. So obviously this isn't, yeah. So if anybody can, that would be helpful to know. And a question that was submitted, um, Kate submitted a question before the webinar about PCSE. Um, I was wondering about a PCSE update on putting things right. There were new mistakes on her G GMS statement. She's had to send off pension statements twice because things aren't right. Are we any closer to getting an efficient service, Dawn? Well, I'm going to go for the hat trick here with three bits of bad news, probably. Um, <laughs> I, I wish I could say yes. Um, I can't. All I can say is um, the GPC have been trying to um, obtain an escalation route for LMCs, um, and we understand that uh, is coming along, um, and they are a little bit further forward with um, putting that in place. Having said all of that, we haven't got the details of it, so we don't know how successful that's going to be either. Um, but I guess anything's better than nothing. So having said all of that and being the bearer of more bad news, um, there's a possibility that there is an escalation process coming forward that might help us a little bit. If you are struggling with anything, please do come forward and email us um, and we can still escalate via the GPC if we really need to, um, if, if we can't offer any suggestions ourselves. So please do come to us. That was a slight glimmer of light, wasn't it, at the end of the tunnel? Slight yeah. glimmer. We're trying to look on the bright side. Thanks, yes. Dawn. Um, 
fraud warning. Lisa, I think you're going to share something with us just to sort of be aware. Yes, and it was just a quick one. Um, and I'm sure everybody's aware of a number of these circulating now, but um, we've just been, we've had a, a fraud warning shared with us around um, a COVID certificate with a fair, fake web address. Um, probably rather than I read out that fake web address, perhaps if we put it up, um, I'll put it up on the chat box or something, but I'm sure everybody's really aware of these, but it's just useful if you can let us know and we can circulate the information to other practices so everybody's aware of, of um, some of the scams that are circulating at the moment. Lovely. Thank you, Lisa. Um, Lucy has joined us. Hi, Lucy. Very nice to see you. Um, so, Lucy Hadley from the Development People has worked with us for quite a few years now and done some phenomenal work with us and um, Lucy and I have been working on something well obviously Lucy has done most of the work um, for some new training for our team leaders and receptionists and I think Lucy is going to share that with us for a few minutes. So hi everyone yeah I'm Lucy from the development people and as Louise said we've been working alongside practices in the area for quite a while now. Um, Louise kind of came to us you know, sharing some views from people about how staff are feeling at the moment. So our aim was to put together a bit of a programme or something that could support staff and their teams, uh, certainly on the front line with where things are. And um, so we, we've came up with some ideas, which I wanted to share with you today, if that's all right. But it was mainly around the theme of um, are people kind of feeling tired? Is there low morale? Is it getting difficult? Is the demand from patients becoming a bit too much? Are they tired of taking phone call after phone call after phone call every five minutes um, and actually is that impacting them not only in how they uh, perform or feel in work but is it going that much further with potentially increased absences or maybe even people leaving as well um, and obviously that does have an impact long term doesn't it so it's thinking about what that could look like so in order to kind of be able to, to provide some support for staff and teams we thought about it in two different ways really so I'm going to do a Quick share. So, yeah, just thinking about where the guys are at, there, there's a million things to do. There's lots of demand and shouting. The news, as you well know, is not helping us in any way, shape or form at the moment. Um, potentially, this might be impacting people on how they feel in their job. So what we wanted to do was take a step back from that and understand what it is that maybe we could do to support them. So the programme we've come up with is sort of two-tiered, really. So from a management perspective, and when I talk about management, talking about the line managers of these teams, is thinking about how do we value and engage our staff? Because actually, we've had this situation where there's so much negative noise going on that actually it drains out a lot of the good stuff. And it can lead us to believe that things aren't really good at all. And I think personally, we've experienced that this year. A lot of us are feeling different for different reasons as well. But that noise is quite loud at the moment for one reason or another. So the aim of this is to turn the volume down on the noise and give room for a bit of positivity, uh, not in a let's all smile kind of way and it'll all be fine, but just in a new perspective kind of way and getting people to think a little bit differently about what they're doing. And to do that, it requires engagement. So engagement is fundamental in terms of people valuing their job and wanting to stay in their role and to do it effectively. So we're looking at doing this through reconnecting. And that's 
a job that kind of not only sits with maybe us doing something with the team, but also thinking about how the line manager can do that as well. So we've gone with a dual approach on this program to reconnect and to engage people and to think about how we can turn the levels down on the old noise at the moment. And that is to uh, for us to provide an injection which will help definitely with the staff, but also to work with the managers as well. So there's a little bit of more of a longer term approach so that, that we can help people support other people. So it's not just a one hit, it's doing it in a way that can be sustained and embedded a little bit further. So our approach is to have those two sides of things in two sessions. And I'll talk about how they're going to play out in a little bit. But in terms of what it will cover... The idea is to work with managers. The part one is to work with managers on an hour webinar. So nothing more than that, an hour, where we talk about bigger picture, why people stay and leave roles generally, what motivates people, how they feel valued and what we can do to positively affect our team. And that's about dealing with uh, challenges like we have had in the last 18 months, two years, and then thinking about barriers just, just that might stop us and how we can overcome some of this. We're going to introduce Tarzan thinking, which is a bit of fun, but it's around the idea that if you're Tarzan swinging, if you want to go for the next rope and move forward, you do kind of have to let go of the rope that you've swung from. Because if you hold on to both, you lose all your momentum and we just sit and stop and actually we end up going nowhere. And we've got two choices to stay still or, or let go. Uh, and ideally, we don't want either of those to happen. So it's a little bit around what we can do to move forward and just practical ideas to work with. So that's our hour working with line managers. We will also provide um, an outline and discuss with the guys about how you could run a, a team session in practice yourself with your team. Um, and that'll be, again, only like half an hour, 40 minutes, but something that builds on what we'll be doing with the staff separately. And then following that, we're going to do, in partnership with the LMC, some groups where we bring the managers together with some follow-up sessions so that they can talk about how it's going, a place to be able to share what the challenges are, how it's going with the staff and the teams, and to talk about ideas of how we can um, keep moving forward through what will be sort of the winter period into, into spring next year. Um, in terms of the staff, um, a couple of different focus slightly in that we want to do a one hour session with all the staff and we're going to run um, a few of these. So there's lots of opportunities to people to come, but essentially they attend a one hour session with us and you can mix that up with the team. They don't all have to come on the same day, but it's about doing an honest and upbeat session to look at the positivity, uplifting, focus on reconnecting with their role, exploring what their role does for others and the worth of the value of it. So it's just a reminder about how important important the part is they play in general practice um, we're going to take a bit of time to understand current feelings and frustrations that usually works really well to have an opportunity to be able to share where we're at and get some of that off our chest identify what the negative noise is and what we do with that focus on finding a new perspective or an alternative perspective moving forward and then we'll link that back to the tars i'm thinking as well so that we have this language that can work really effectively in the team Following that, so alongside the manager planning a team meeting session, which we will give the outline for, we're going to be creating four mini videos for the team, five to 10 minutes each, but they will all have tools in them that they can actively use in their day-to-day -day working. And obviously we'll have that kind of positive injection as well to just try and balance what's going on in the week. Um, so we'll send those to them and they can access those as the weeks go on. So in terms of how this plays out as a session, Part one is the manager online session for an hour, which we will do. 
Then the staff come to their session. We will put on five in any one programme, but they only need to attend one. It's five repeats of the same thing so that we can get across the group. The team meeting will be done in practice by the individual team manager. It's optional, but obviously we will provide everything so that they can go ahead and do that and build on what the, the team have done in the online session. The staff will have their mini videos, which will keep them going for three or four weeks because we'll send out one a week. And if follow that, we'll have the groups for the managers to come back to uh, working with the LMC to follow up on that and continue to provide support and ideas and a place to share the challenges of what is going on. Um, so essentially, that's the programme. Obviously, the benefits being that we can help people feel valued, help them focus on stuff that is working well and the positives and what we're trying to do. Tap into why people do their job. It's not just about money, but we tend to forget that there are things like helping people, being part of a team, loving the challenge of stuff that we lose sight of. Um, and think about how we can practically uh, turn down the volume on some of that noise, like I say, and think about the role slightly differently for the new year. Um, all of this kind of helps people feel engaged and valued, which then if they had any thoughts of leaving, hopefully we can, again, dampen that down and, and help them understand the value of the job and what they're doing and, and, and hopefully want them to stay or at the very least feel more motivated in what they're doing. So in terms of how this is going to play out, we've got three cohorts running, three programmes. So as I said, each programme is a manager workshop, then a staff workshop for an hour. So it's only an hour commitment on each part. The team leaders could run this session, which is we can give them the, the guidance and the outline for. All the videos will come through automatically and they are five to 10 minutes, which they can watch. And then it's for team leaders to attend the ALS sessions afterwards, which might be an hour every, every month or so. We'll see how they go, I guess, in terms of how many, but um, certainly the first one's booked in there, isn't it, Louise, I think? Um, so the first group, we will be kicking off at the end of January. So the, the line managers come to that session and then your team can choose how they spread themselves across these sessions. So it fits with the shifts and make sure you've still got staff manning the phones and the desk, as it were. And then that will be the ALS session. If that's too soon for you, we're running another programme in uh, starts in February, running into March. And then the final one will start in March and then towards the end of March. Um, in terms of booking, it's all going to be run through the LMC website. So you can go on and use the links to make the bookings or hosted on Zoom links, which will be with us. Um, and it will follow the pattern we've talked about, I think. So I guess it's trying to figure out if anybody's got any questions about that. But definitely, I know last year we did the um, the reception webinars, didn't we, and the PM webinars, and it was something every month, just as an injection and, and ideas and, and a break from what was going on. And I guess this follows the same sort of thought process, but it's about giving some tools to the team leaders to follow that up as well. So we get like the double whammy, really. Thank you, Lucy. That is so useful. Um, very helpful to have that as a little synopsis. So what we will do is we'll sort of um, chop off this little bit of the webinar and make it and we can sort of put that out with advertising the, um, the programme because it isn't complicated, but trying to write it down and talk it through and get it actually on our booking system, which I need to talk to you about again, Lucy, is proving quite challenging so but actually it's quite straightforward it's a five-step program and we hope it's going to be very useful and as I said as Lucy has said it's for the team leaders and for the staff so we're really hoping this is going to help and all your training hubs are supporting you to attend this so um, as Lucy says there's 112 for each cohort so three cohorts so hopefully this will be helpful oh lovely thank you Matt Matt says it's brilliant just what we need at this time 
perfect that's what we're hoping but we also it is a program that um lucy has worked on and developed for us at wessex lmc's and so if you feel there's anything you particularly need in it or anything you'd like a focus you want to put on it it's flexible for us um, and we want to make it the most useful thing um, that you've done so we've tried to make it flexible timely um jan i can't sign you up you're going to have to sign up on the, and click on the link but we, i will send out all the information and i'm very glad there's enthusiasm for this because this is worked about all our hard work lucy all of your help work it's like it's going to pay yeah. off um so we will certainly when i send out the email to say these are the slides this is the link to the podcast this is everything and this is the link for how you sign up um that's what we will do um and obviously if it goes well and if i can possibly get any more funding for you to do more obviously i will um but i think the more we can say to the training hubs yes this is what we want the more they, they genuinely do want to help they want to find the right things for you so um fantastic. yeah it's so, when we've got a uh, hundred well Sorry, yeah, haven't we? we got so just over three hundred and thirty-six places to be precise. So, yeah. um, and it's a first cur- first surf thing. But um, and and as Louise says, we'll be able to evolve it as we go through. If something pops up at the end of January, that's an absolute. Uh, you know, <laughs> we're used to this now, aren't we? But if anything pops up that sort of sideswipes us slightly, then we'll be able to build that in as well and deal with what's on people's minds at the, in the moment. Yeah. Lovely. Thank you, Lucy. So there are no more particular questions. If anything else comes up, I will come back to you. Um, otherwise, I will give out all the information to the. Um, to the um, delegates on the call. So thanks, Lucy. Thanks for joining us. Nice to see you again. Yeah, Yeah, nice to see you. Take care. Bye-bye. So I think we're nearly there. Now we've just got one more thing that we need to cover. Um, Dawn, you were going to talk about something from the PC Bulletin about staff respect. Yes, absolutely. And that follows on really nicely. Thanks, Louise, from what Lucy, uh, sorry, um, yeah, Lucy um, has just been talking to us about. So um, Public Health on their um, resource page uh, has an NHS primary care toolkit now for staff respect. It's got some posters, some social media content, should you wish to use it, um, a a number of other uh, um, resources. um, But it looks really, really encouraging, really good. Um, they're nice posters. Um, <laughs> well, they look nice anyway. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. And I have just put that into, there we are, in the chat bar. If anybody would like to go and help themselves, that primary care toolkit's there for staff respect and there should be plenty of it. Lovely. Thank you, Dawn. That's really helpful. Um, So we've come to the end of our agenda and there aren't any more questions. Um, But I have a little bit of an announcement to make. So some sad news, but some good news for her. So Helene Irvin is retiring at the end of January and this is her last official practice manager webinar with us which is sad but very exciting for Helene a whole new start a whole new phase um, and we wish you all the very best you have been phenomenal um, working with us I've loved working with you personally and I know her practice have hugely hugely benefited from your wisdom your humor your fun your energy what we there is there's a Helene shaped hole that will be vacant at the at the LMC and we'll massively miss you um, so lots of comments coming in saying thank you and having a wonder enjoy a wonder enjoy a wonderful retirement you'll see that well in fact what we're to have to print those off for you and you can put them up on your on your perhaps on your wall in your bathroom so you can sit there lying in your retirement and, and enjoy it so um, thank you um you have done a yeah an amazing job with us we've loved having you on this webinar and we know that that's been very very helpful for the practice managers obviously the practice nurses will miss you massively too um this hasn't gone up this is the first time we've could have announced this because it is probably Helene's last webinar um it's going to go out in the news, and I know you wanted to um, talk to uh, let the nurses know too, didn't you, um, Helene? And so you will be emailing out to the nurses. No, just thank you very much, everybody. It's been a pleasure, and um, thank you for the comments that are coming in. Um, 
obviously working for, with the team, the LMC has been amazing. And I shall miss them all. Um, and I wish you all the very best because it's pretty tough out there at the moment. But I'm sure the Daily Mail will keep me updated with everything that's going on. So, But don't yeah. believe it, Helene, will you? you won't, yeah, I won't please don't it. start believing the Daily Mail. I won't. But thank you, everybody. Thanks, Helene. That's wonderful. Thank you. Really, really delightful comments. I think, Michelle, you've taken your um, microphone off. Did you want to say yeah, anything? I think it was just to add what you've said. It's going to, the Helene shaped hole is going to be huge. And we are just so going to miss you, Helene. And you, your work that you've done is just incredible. And the support you give in practices. And it's just lovely to see the comments coming in because you are going to be so missed. But thank you for all the support. So well deserved and um, thank you and um, thank you for being with us um, for this webinar today another one sort of action packed sort of three quarters of an hour we've got one more before Christmas on the 22nd um, you might think oh my goodness I don't need any more of this and that's fine you don't have to come but we just thought because things are moving so quickly we will still carry on and if you've got some useful information to share obviously we will do that with you so lovely to see you all take care thank you very much and we'll see you all very soon bye bye <laughs>